Back to Na 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 Sports. I'm here with two of the best looking men you'll ever see. Ben, say hi. Hey. Hamish. Sup? And I'm Dan, and we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff for you today. So let's start with something that I'm sure is burning deep within all of us over the last couple of days. That is the uh, likely dropping of Usman Khawaja from the first test team in India. Now, it was announced yesterday that Sean Marsh would be playing uh, the warm-up match uh, in India. He scored 100 last night before retiring out. I did notice in the highlights package he gets dropped twice. Yep. Not yeah. saying anything. Uh, however, let's talk about this. So, why was Usman dropped? <laughs> someone mean, someone I mean, has to have an answer so, that. so far in this podcast, you keep trying to get to figure out reasons for the Australian cricket selector's selections. Mm. There's not. No. He was just dropped because he was. Well, so one of the things that we wrote a couple of weeks ago, I feel like a month ago, as we said, you know, we had our nine rules for understanding the selectors. And the first one was, there is no plan. And with this, I keep coming back to that because I keep getting in my head, I'm like, well, what's the plan? Clearly, there's a short-term Sean Marsh good Asia mm. argument, right? That's the short-term. Yeah. Um, the long-term, though. How does it, that work? How does that work? Because in eight months' time... When, in, when England arrived for the Ashes, is Usman automatically back in the side? You'd think so. I, I, I think Usman's probably back in the side by the end of this series, to be honest. Yeah, like, well, let's, let's, like, they have ideas. Uh, it's like free form. It's like, they have ideas. <laughs> this is free jazz, man. You just yeah, go along with the idea for a bit. They them and then they drop them just as quickly. So the whole idea that, like, Sean Marshall will be given more than one test. It's dubious. So, who knows? Yeah, like, Osman's probably back by the end of the series. And, well, alright, because I, f- I think there's a bit of a false dichotomy here that I'm making, uh, that it's a choice between Usman or Sean Marsh. Because... No, well, that's, that's right. Both me and Matt two weeks ago had Sean Marsh in our top mm. six, and I'm not the biggest Sean Marsh fan, but he, he, would, he would play for me. Um, and he does average uh, 78 in Asia, which is obviously three tests in Sri Lanka, mm. uh, which is... You know, not to be sneezed at. He has two of his three or four test hundreds are in Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. Sample sizes and all that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, I mean, the last Sri Lankan team we played wasn't that good either. And he does average 22 against India. Yeah. Let's let's see how he does in India before we start going getting too wild about his form in Asia. Well, let, let's think about like this. Is Usman Khawaja right now, for the next test, one of Australia's best five batsmen? Yes. Yes. Like, no, no hesitation. He, he averaged 63 for the summer. Like, there's no way you drop him if you have sense and it's a normal system. Mm. But we're not in a normal system. Mm. Like, the Australian selectors have kind of entered their version of the Trump presidency. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way this all goes. Just stop think, Stop trying to make sense of it. Just all right, is. All right. Um, all right, so let's, let's think about a couple of pathways forward here, right? Now, the obvious one is everything goes pear-shaped. And in three tests, two tests, three tests, maybe for the fourth test, where we bring Usman Khawaja back in, is that a likely scenario? I get the feeling from both of you, you think that's almost inevitable. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it probably for Renshaw, maybe. <laughs> so, famously, well, not famously, famously for me anyway, uh, Burns and Khawaja both got two tests in Sri Lanka last year before getting dropped. Uh, do Renshaw, Hanscom, Mitch Marsh, 
any of the other young players have the same leash, so to speak? Oh yeah, here's who I... I think Hanscom's got... Not going to get dropped. Here's who I think is going to get dropped. I think Renshaw's going to get dropped. I think Sean March is going to get dropped. I think Usman could potentially get dropped after getting recalled. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mitch Marsh is going to get dropped. I think Glenn Maxwell is going to get dropped. I think Jackson Bird is going to get dropped. And I think one of the spinners is going to get dropped. So There'll be seven changes to that side. So you think, sorry, when you say one of the spinners, do you mean O'Keefe or Lyon? Or do you mean Swepson or Agar no, coming in I'll, and then getting dropped? Yeah, no, so there'll be two more changes. O'Keefe, O'Keefe or Lyon will get dropped. Yep. And then the person who replaces them will get dropped for them again. Okay. That's, that's what I think can happen. The indication is they're going to start with the two spinner. Mm-hmm. Attack. Which and seems to be why there's such an emphasis on Mitch Marsh. And Mitch Marsh, we've talked about it, that seems flawed. Steve O'Keefe isn't an international, isn't a high quality bowler who's going to rip through them at any, any stake, nor, nor is Nathan Lyon in those conditions. Mitch Marsh is going to do an admirable job of the ball. He's not going to cut it as a number six batsman. Wade isn't going to cut it as a number <coughs> seven batsman. It's a flawed team that's, that has no longevity and that isn't going to be competitive in it. I went to the T20 last night. How's that? It was possibly the least intense sporting event I've ever been to. No, I still I watched a bit on TV. The Sri Lankans were fired up. The Sri Lankans definitely fired up. The trumpets and the the Sri Lankan crowd was amazing, and thank Christ they were there. Otherwise, I might still be at the MCG right now, asleep in Bay. Freaking fifty four or wherever I was. It was all. It was a whole Sri Lankan crowd, right? And it was. It was. It was not even eighty twenty. I would say like ninety ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, and they and thank Christ they were there. Yeah. You know, it was forty two thousand <laughs> people there, and I'm yeah. guessing thirty five thousand were Sri Lankan fans. And uh, God uh, bless them for being there because uh, they made that game bearable single handedly. Yeah. Sri Lankans fire up. It's yeah, good. they're good. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know it was on. I watched Train Sporting last night. <laughs> the second one or the old one? No, the old one. Catch oh, up. Yeah, the yeah, second yeah. Second one's the movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good call, good call. Um, uh, <laughs> in terms of the actual game, I actually, to be perfectly honest, don't really have any takeaways. A sort of, you know, Finch and Klinger are old. <laughs> Billy Stanlake wasn't very good. Patrick Cummins was quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. It wasn't Zampa bowled well. But like in that same way that Zampa always bowls well, where he gets that wicket, where he bowls a quick half tracker that the guy hits to mid wicket, and you go, and plan, ben, Adam, good plan. And then Ben starts ranting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, yeah, you've well, suffered on Zampa recently. Yeah. No, I mean Zampa. Zampa is good at T Twenty cricket. He, yeah. It's he's, just, it's just like there are certain things in the world that are just. Horrible to watch, and being a great T Twenty spinner is one. No, I totally agree. <laughs> so, there was a story this week uh, of Newcastle potentially relocating to Ipswich. Uh, ben, as our resident uh, Ipswich, what? Second Logic? generation. Yes, right. <laughs> Second generation. On a scale of one to ten, Second. how dumb does this sound? Oh, no, it's crazy. I mean, sometimes when the NRL does stuff, I just picture the Lowe's ad. And I picture, like, <laughs> Paul Sirian and, and Steve Roach and them just having meetings and running the NRL. And that's what this one felt like. Like, how could you be that fucking stupid? <laughs> like... Like, you're, taking, you're taking a side from Newcastle, which is 
One of the few places that league is just it's, a the biggest thing in town. Yeah, like it's the biggest thing in town. It's beautiful. It's beautiful going going to Newcastle and you watch TV and they have ads for local rugby league games and like you, you say, oh, I'm heading out of Newcastle tomorrow, and they're like, oh, watch out, you know, the game's on, traffic will be blocked up, on, yeah. you know, it's it's the community. It, they love it. it. It's, 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 rugby, it's rugby league heartland. And Ipswich is the same. It was interesting uh, in the wake of this to find out Ipswich actually has the... Uh, for those that don't know, Ipswich is like right now out of Brisbane. Uh, has like the highest uh, concentration of Broncos memberships. Which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, Broncos own that neck of the woods. Effectively, to move Newcastle to Ipswich, you're making two errors. You're taking a game away from... Sorry, the team away from Newcastle. Who loves it? And you're forcing a team upon an area that doesn't. Yeah, it's like it's like you you are not taking into account your fan base mm. at all. You're completely disregarding your fan base, which doesn't sound like the NRL at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, like I mean, we were talking about the equivalence of it. We we're trying to find equivalence. Of it. The equivalence I thought that like a, a similar scenario I could think of was taking the Adelaide Crows. And moving them to a place in Perth with the highest concentration of West Coast Eagles supporters. Yeah. So why is someone in Ipswich going to go? Yeah, I. I've always loved those Ipswich nights. I'm going to be. And actually, and I can even speak from this from experience. I was a diehard talking basketball. Yeah. yeah. Diehard Canberra Cannons fan. Yeah. And Bill did this. Canberra Cannons shut down. Sydney Kings got five. Canberra, Canada, Canberra home games. Yeah. yeah. So Sydney would come down and play. I went to one. They had to put big black curtains at the end of the ring. Yeah. There was probably, I don't know, 100 people there. Yeah. And one of my mates was sitting next to me said, bullshit ref. And the players on the court turned around and looked at us. <laughs> <laughs> like, to say the vibe was dead... <laughs> You know, so I mean, I you know enough people have criticised this this decision. Ipswich, if, you know, everyone in Ipswich thinks it's a terrible idea. Everyone in Newcastle thinks it's a terrible idea. Anyone who knows league and knows fans thinks it's a bad. It idea. it was just the ultimate like NRL move. That said, like a second Brisbane side makes sense. No, no, well, that, just this not is, this way. Well, that, but that, this is this is the whole thing, right? You can see their thinking. We need another Queensland team. The Queensland teams drive ratings like nothing else on yeah. TV. Uh, there's huge amounts of players in Queensland that are basically forming not just the basis of the three teams in Queensland, but the basis of Melbourne as well, and providing talent throughout the league. So you can see them thinking, we need a fourth team. We need to capture this market. This is rugby league heartland. We need to put the professional rugby league team in Ipswich. And they went, giddy up. We'll take one from Newcastle. And you're like, nope. No. No. <laughs> no. Step back. Even we had the right idea here. Even then, the whole idea of like basing it in Ipswich, if you do it, you've got to do one of those things. You get all those expansion teams. They're the ones that are called Western. But like, like you're, you're launching right. a team, it's you, a, you don't launch it as a place. You launch it as like a Western Brisbane team or whatever. No, Western Queensland whatever's or the South Queensland crushes again. Yeah. Like, like, or, you can see the, the, the greater Brisbane. <laughs> Well, not great. That sounds like a freaking. Greater Brisbane sounds like a, a weird metro metropolitan sort of thing. But it, that's better than the Ipswich Knights. But, but interestingly, the Ipswich Jets um, president or yeah. whatever whatever it is called um, said basically to pry all those because it's such a high concentration of Broncos yeah. Broncos memberships. If you want 
people in that area. They want a team. Ipswich wants a team. Okay. But, but if you if you're going to give us a team, it, it really has to be Jets. Like which it has is, to be the Ipswich Jets. Raiders new. So we're about to watch the Raiders first trial match. How many minutes um, we got? We got plenty Seven. of time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the key takeaway though from the week is that the rumor's gone out that the Raiders are shopping Eddie Lee. Uh, that they're looking at getting rid of him, presumably for cap reasons. Now, Edric has always been a fan favourite with the Raiders. If anyone... That, what are you, uh, what are you <laughs> I mean the exact opposite of that. <laughs> uh, Edric Lee has had this unique ability to draw the ire of uh, what, what I'd call the Raiders Facebook community. The wider Raiders Facebook community aren't Edric Lee fans. Mm. Um, is this cap-related? And if it is, is anyone else going to follow? So, in other sports, you know whether things are calculated or not because they publish salaries. In that NRL, you never know. So, every single time they move on a player, mm. teams play with on the cap. Mm. So, you'll get things like Brisbane Broncos moving on a bunch of you've got a bunch of guys on low salaries because it's calculated and then suddenly signing like (laughs) some origin player from someone else and you're like cap related yeah you moved on to two guys on minimum wage and you've like it gets used all the time I have no idea whether this is cap related or not it seems like a weird decision to me because I like Eddie Lee I think he's good yeah I mean there's young there's young guys coming through Kotrich Kotrich Kotrick, pardon me, and Audio, and they might be the bee's knees. They're certainly talking up Kotrick like mm. he's going to be the next uh, bl- uh, Josh Dugan, they call him. The next Josh <laughs> Which Dugan. I feel, I just, I really don't want him to be Josh. I, like, we oh, he loves Josh. his cruises and he loves sitting on roofs. But like, alright, between the three of us, we've watched a lot of Josh Dugan. Mm. And he's very good. Mm. Right? Let's, let's yeah. start with that. And Josh, Josh Dugan, Dugan was, very, was very good straight out of the gate. Exactly. Yeah. It was very good for the Raiders. The dude looked like he weighed 60 kilograms and would somehow just smash through people. You know. well, and break four or five tackles yeah. and you're like, yeah. you're like a stick insect. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you don't want to put that much pressure on the kid. But having said that... They're, they're well, you saying, get, but this is it. Like They're talking about getting rid of... Someone who I think is a potential origin player. Well, what you got in the emerging origin squad? Yeah, you got in the emerging origin squad. I felt probably like, would have played origin last year if it hadn't been for probably the that, weird that, suspension. Thing. That's right. Kind of, you know, he was one of the first young guys to sign us in the in the horrible 2014 season. Um, he was one of the guys who stuck fat. You know, Milford left. Mm. They were they were really they were really grasping at straws to try to keep talent here. He was like the big signing after Milford left, where it looked like yeah. all our dudes were going, all our young dudes. He yeah. was the guy that was like, "I'm staying," yeah. and that kind of was like the one that everyone needed to for yeah. things to get better. He's had a little bit of bad luck with injuries. You know, he had he had a couple of bad mistakes in our preliminary final next year. None as bad as. Uh, Every decision made by Matt Chechen. Damn you, Chechen! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, like I, 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 you know, I felt like for me, I'm, I'm really saddened by this news, and I felt like that was kind of his, um, his, his Croker moment, like you know when Croker missed the kick, and he, and he was going to be, you know, like for me, I felt oh. like Edric Lee was one of our guys who we should have been stuck with, and I feel that way about Fenton too. I'm very sad to hear that. that um, I was very sad last year when when we. We bailed on fencing as well. Yeah, yeah I think they're the dudes. They're the dudes who have the character 
who I want to build my club. Well, with. for different reasons. Like I think Edric's going to get a lot better, and I think he's actually going to be good. Mm. Yeah. So I'm disappointed that way. I think for Fensum, he's like Fensum was the dude who we built up this side around, mm. and he was for so long the only competent football player we had, mm. or one of like three dudes. And then it's then just to cut him the way we've done it and to essentially treat him the way we've done it is pretty bad from a fan's perspective. It's and, been pretty and, pretty horrible to watch. And going back to Edric too, that's right. He, Edric has like Edric's going to become a lot better. But also, I, I feel like we haven't really the Caesar Edric Lee hookup hasn't happened how as as well as it should yet. As far as um Caesar, on the boot or on the pass on the boot, yeah. Okay. Caesar has Caesar has a no, and and Edric is. Uh, Massive. Six foot five, <laughs> can jump. Yes, yeah. uh, from memory, an AIS basketballer, or yeah. at least had the opportunity to seriously consider basketball. And so you're right, we haven't exploited. That should that. just be a default play. We have a, we have a great short kicker. We have Much like back in the day. Remember back in the day when basically we'd get to our fifth tackle and go, "What do we do? Better kick it to Joel Monaghan." Yeah, except except like better. Caesar <laughs> is way better than. Brad Drew and and, um, and, and and Edric Lee is like an extra foot tall. Yeah. Uh, the, the, point, the point you're making is good and I think it probably goes so the guy like so a lot of this goes a lot of Edric goes back looking maybe the fan stuff and a lot of the sort of reasons probably some of the reasons he hasn't shined as much as he could is at least last year our halves were sub-optimum. They are good halves they weren't performing particularly well. So the only... Our outdoor, like our outside backs who prospered weren't... Like, Croker didn't particularly prosper last year. Edric didn't prosper. They're the outside... Yeah. The guys who prospered, everything was off their own bat. There wasn't half stuff. Like, yeah. you watch... Like, most of Rapana and awesome. BJ stuff mm. is like BJ and Rapana doing or, their shit or, or from... The second row. Yeah. The second... And we, so, we, we really benefited and, from that and last year. like, Edric didn't have much of that. So it's like... Do you blame him or do you blame the fact that he, you're not giving good ball to your outside backs? Like outside backs a position that you yeah. generally need good ball if yeah. you're going to be really good in that position. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and based on all of that, you know, he finishes his contract at the end of this year. I, I, think he would, I think he will get paid less than he deserves at the end of this year. And do you think, how quickly do you reckon Brisbane will snap him up and it'll be really annoying to watch him play for Brisbane? Quick, and it'll be super good, and it'll be an origin suit straight yeah. out of the year. He's in, the first year he's in Brisbane. Yeah. That's and cool. and interesting, interesting, <laughs> interestingly, like, um, yeah, yeah, like the, the rumours I'm hearing is Broncos and Cronulla, which is a testimony to how good he is because they're stacked back lines. Like both, yeah. both, both those teams have are filled with filled with rep rep yeah. wingers and centers. Speaking yeah. of uh, rep centers, uh, Jared Croker dislocated his knee in the All Star game last week. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. Gentlemen, put on your selectors hat. Who's playing that that center spot inside Edric? Then is it Kotrick or is it uh, Jordan Turner? The buzz seems to be Kotrick. That seems to be the buzz. I've seen Jordan Turner play in the All-Stars game. Didn't I've, tackle particularly well. I was about to say his defence was rubbish. <laughs> um, I've never seen Kotrick play, so Kotrick gets it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but interestingly, you know, we're talking about Edric Lee, and it's all about cap dramas and blah, blah, blah. Why the fuck did we sign Turner? That's, what I, that's, that's the, the $64,000 question for me. Why did we sign Turner? What's his job? Because we needed a slow, small centre yeah. and a small... 
not very good in defence back rower. Because we, we struck gold with two English people in a row and we thought, why not go three times? <laughs> hey, he might be good. I mean, to be he fair, might be. He might be none, of, none of us have seen him play outside that well, All-Star played, game. And he was pl- his first crack. You know, he might be good. And he played um, that All-Star game. But you're right in the sense that what they're banking on is that Jordan Turner effectively is better than Edric Lee then. I, I, yeah, we'll see. Jordan, Jordan Turner might be good. He kind of seems to fit in that weird non-positional space, which I'm not... It's like, never he, a good sign, is, is it? Is he going oh, yeah. to be our fight mate? <laughs> yeah. What was it? Was it you remind, like that Nathan Smith space? Remember Nathan Smith, the well, camera yeah. back rower, centre winger guy? And you're like, you're not very good, but you can do a lot of things. Well, like, the other thing that, that worries me about Jordan Turner is, unlike Edric Lee, Jordan Turner is 28. Mm. Um, now, if you don't have a position at 28... Mm. Isn't that a bit worrying? Yeah. Oh, but, su- not... su- but Super League is a thing. Right. As we heard, Hodgson apparently was a lock in Super League. What the fuck? He's still, <laughs> he's still a lock with the Raiders. 15 yeah, right. minutes every game. Yeah, much to our frustration, <laughs> right? That's right. I think that gets yelled a fair bit. In, in Sportress HQ, very many Raiders games, why are you trying to break Josh Hodgson? Yeah. Uh... Anyway. Good times. Anything for the week. We've already started. Ben's going to find something in a sec. For me, I've got three. I've got is, two this week. And I'm trying to make them actually happy, which is sort of, you know, we failed in the last couple of weeks. I, saw I don't think my number, they're funny. Yeah, well, they make someone happy, right? Exactly. They make me happy. Exactly. So I have three things. The first is Tim Hardaway. Uh, I read an article this week, which was a cracker of an article. Uh, about 10 years ago, when John Amici, who was an English basketballer who played in the NBA, uh, came out after his career as gay. And uh, Tim Hardaway famously went on Dan Levitard's uh, radio show and said... Levitard! Basically <laughs> said, I hate gay people. That's shit. That's shit, right? Yeah. Uh, since then, has basically become an LGBTQI rights advocate. Uh, completely changed his ways. Uh, is prominent in... Uh, basically supporting when, say, like Jason Collins came out as an active player, came out as gay, and has completely turned his way around on it. Do you know what catalyzed that? Was what it, made him change? Was it going on so, Levitard's podcast and being called out on it? Was this like the one example of the internet and the whole thing changing someone's opinion? So it's not clear really from the article why he changed. It seemed to be that didn't feel that it, it properly represented, that he didn't actually feel that way. I take it face value and, and think it's just really great to see uh, someone able to change their mind. Yeah. Uh, now, the other couple of things I wanted to mention, one was Daisy Pierce's article about her, the game. She had an article in the Age this week recounting the game versus uh, between the Demons and the Pies last week, which we talked about then on the pod last week. Uh, the Demons kicked a bunch of goals in the third quarter and basically ended the game there, came back from being three goals down and rolled over the Pies. And it's just annoying because she's really good at football and the article was really good too. And it's one of those things where you're like, I wish I was good at one thing and she's good at two. And people um, are good at lots of things. Yeah. Which like... also brings in my third thing, which is Emma Quayle, noted uh, age journalist who's written a lot of really important stories in the about AFL, such as she was the one who found out the Kurt Tippett in Adelaide uh, salary shenanigans uh, is now uh, working recruitment for GWS. And so one of the first women to working in uh, recruitment in the world. That's awesome. AFL, so that's really yeah. Good. Yeah, GWS really needs... Uh, that 
<laughs> if they want to get that dynasty going for 10 premierships in a row, they probably do. Yeah, that's right. The next Hawthorne they did. <laughs> Alright, Mish, you're up. Uh, I've got two this week too. Uh, the first one is the AFL announced this week through Twitter, through people. So when they had one of the... One of the one of the trial games uh, was being on the was being broadcast over the, over the AFL app and on iPads. All of the AFL games this year will only be streamed in iPhone size. So there's, which, there was all these pictures which on has, Twitter of of this little screen inside that <laughs> screen. They were watching it and it was hilarious. And then. It was my happy thing for the week because what it inspired was, was some of the ingenuity that it inspired of people connecting Apple TV, an iPhone, and an iPod together with all these cables so that it could be streamed on a TV. And I was like, fuck you, AFL. I, I don't understand that. See, I would have thought it would have resulted in a spike in magnifying glasses. <laughs> <laughs> he said revealing his old man But that, that's great. I think that's great for a couple of ways, reasons. Uh, primarily because the AFL usually does everything like that right, if that well, makes sense. As that is a very NRL thing to do. As an NRL fan, it was nice to see another sporting organisation fuck up in a big way. That's right. Digital streaming is not that hard. <laughs> Make sure people can... People stream things and, on and three then, things. Phones, iPads, and laptops. Allow them to do yeah. that. That's, that's what streaming rights should be. Yeah. Well, that's right. And they're not at the forefront of it. It's not no. like no one's ever done this before. That's right. It's, it's not like it's 2010. It's great. So that, that made me laugh and that made me happy. Um, and the second thing that made me happy was Kari Irving uh, was on a podcast and there was an article about it and Kyrie Irving is a flat earther, so he believes the earth is flat. Like, genuinely believes Yeah, genuinely, genuinely believes it. So this is not like some weird, ironic hipsterism, like, I'm super cool because no. I believe the earth is flat. Genuinely, no, so that, that in itself was funny, but the article, the article buries the lead massively, because the last paragraph, he doesn't believe in planets either. <laughs> <laughs> Which is bigger than not believing the earth. The earth is round. It's like, I don't believe in planets. It's like, oh, okay. So that was that also made me laugh. It was that, great. That's great for several reasons. One of which is he's a rather wealthy individual um, who presumably has been in aeroplanes a few times. He's an Australian too. So he's born in Australia. Australia. Yeah, born here. What? He probably had to fly from Sydney, say, or Melbourne. He over was the Melbourne Dateline. Boy, and over the yeah, yeah, Dateline. Yeah, yeah. It's great. So that that made me happy. It was that's. There are so there are so many follow up questions I have for him. Like it's like it's kind of like Ron Burgundy here, where you're like, I'm not even mad. I just wanna uh, I just wanna be sit down with you and nut this out with you and, and and work out all the little connections in your head and how you explain certain aspects. I would I would love to chat to him about it because mm. the quotes like track down the article. It's hilarious. The quotes are amazing because and it's it's just. I'm going to listen to the podcast because it, it is just genuinely fantastic, grade A, ta- grade A quality, maybe quality you two, stuff. Maybe you two could convert him and then his like, concept of physics will explode and he won't be able to shoot anymore. <laughs> and then Ben will be happy. <laughs> then I'll, and then as a Warriors fan, I will be happy then. So right. you, is that why you lost last year in the finals? Yeah, he hit the clutch three to win the game in game seven. Absolutely. With flat earth theory. <laughs> yeah, with flat earth theory. <laughs> the ring is flat. The ring is flat. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
just throw the ring in this direct straight line <laughs> to that ring. <laughs> I am the greatest basketballer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, wild. So, so wild. Testimony that maybe, yeah, don't overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, my happy thing for the week's short and sweet. Raiders are on today. Oh, boom. Oh, it's it's again. We're yeah. back, back to normality after... Can I just say one thing? I hope it's not back to normality because I don't want to be getting 12 weeks into this season and going, oh, it couldn't last. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. As Raiders fans here in the Sportress, we're definitely hoping... That we'll be making a sneaky trip to Sydney or two in September. Does anyone here think we're going like no? Wait, like where are you putting where are you put us on the tips? Somewhere between five and eight. Yep. I'm putting. Pick, it pick a number. Don't be soft. Come on. Five. Okay. I reckon we come fourth. Yeah. I think we're pretty good, but not that good. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say. I'll say. I'll say six just to. Just to trump Dan and pessimism. There's a lot of improvement <laughs> in the side, if that makes sense. Because if Austin and Caesar are good. Mm. Josh Hodgson gets injured and we're done. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you can't, you can't, um, that's right, I mean, you can't estimate, you, mm. you're not factoring that in detail. Josh Hodgson has but a season in the end of injury and we could We barely missed, up our back five barely really. missed a game. Yeah. Uh, that's it, and that's a lot of our points too. We, we did really well in terms of our forwards, uh, of acquiring good forwards during the season, uh, even though we had a lot of injuries, like Lima missed a lot of eight weeks or whatever, mm. um, and only Whitehead played every game. Mm. Um, we acquired Paulo during the season. Priest and Bateman came in during the season and weren't awful. Mm. Um, we got Dave Taylor this year. We're going to be good. Well, and as we wrote, as I wrote the other week, you know, when it comes down to it, it's actually something that we're going to have to think about. Dave Taylor legitimately will play a game for the Raiders this year mm. and has to be good. Yeah. He's Maybe lost. it's only 30 minutes, mm. but he has to be good. We saw what getting off the burgers did for BJ. Yeah. Potentially the same thing can happen for Taylor. Could happen for us too, boys. Maybe we should get off the burgers. I really need to stop eating burgers. I have put on a bunch of weight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was interesting too. Like, so Ricky, so he's not playing today for the trial game, but Ricky said he's going to give Dave Taylor a contract. Like, so that's locked in. Yeah. But on conditions... He, he wants to see Dave Taylor fit the role that the Raiders need. Because he doesn't, you know, at the moment he is, he's naturally suited to be another Polo and Boyd. Yeah, he's going to be a prop. But we, do, no, but we don't need, we don't want three wrecking balls. So it sounds like Ricky has, hey, you can't be that. You have to change and adapt to our team structures and, and what he wants. That, that was the impression I got from Ricky. Well, that was coach. interesting because, I, I mean, it's hardly like he's going to be, you go back to his old, what he used to do at Souths, which was basically play as a second centre next to Inglis. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, you know, you'd have Sutton, Taylor and Inglis lining up in that. Uh, I, I would think it's defensive expectations that Ricky's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the game starts in like 15 minutes. So Eight minutes. We better get rolling. Get going. It's been great, everyone. Um, so we'll, we'll be back week. next week. Catch us on... All the things, pretty much most of the podcasting things. things. If we're not on one, message us. Yeah, and tell us. Like us on Facebook and Twitter, and you know, just get around us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good (laughs) gracious.